So digestive system, Brother Hunt. Hunt. Um, so I understand that the first step is amylase mm. in the mouth, and then it seems that we move to uh, we have brush border enzymes that we talked about, and then we go into absorption. Um, my big question with digestion here of carbohydrates um, is kind of regarding, I guess, location. Um, because I know that we it starts in the mouth, and then we have all these pancreatic enzymes in the small intestine, um, and that's also where absorption happens. So, but is there anything that's going on with carbohydrates in the stomach? No. So when you think about these, you always got in digestion. Think carbs, proteins, lipids. Carbs, proteins, lipids. Those are the three things you always got to think about because we treat them differently. Carbs start in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Proteins do not. Lipids do not. Okay. Carb digestion stops in the stomach. Um, because there's no enzymes. Now, it'll still occur. You can still break down products in the stomach, but that's only because the alpha amylase from the mouth is still present. But as soon as that acid washes over that, carbohydrate digestion is done. But then there is some protein digestion that starts occurring through pepsin. But there's no lipid. So lipids don't, you don't have anything in your mouth that can attack a lipid. You don't have anything in your stomach that can attack a lipid. So lipids have to wait till the small intestine. But carbs can start in the mouth and they stop in the stomach. Proteins start in the stomach. But then all three are really the 90% of it's going to attack right there in that small intestine. And the, and the initial 10 centimeters of the small intestine is where we're for both lipids, proteins, and carbs. And then reabsorption in the small intestine. That's happening right there, too. Same place. Yeah, same 10 centimeters. Kind of like the kidneys with the proximal tubules, 60-70% of it all happens there. Same with the small intestine. 67% is right there. But then you have, you know, the, the next section, so you're constantly working through those. And then the large intestine, you don't hardly absorb anything but water some absorption vitamin k we didn't talk much about the large intestine but most of the actions occurring right there at those initial portions of the small intestine okay um so even all that acid that's in the stomach doesn't contribute to the digestion of the carbohydrates it's all the enzymes. no it would seem like it would yeah right. but it, okay. it doesn't so what's the acid for well it's probably an immune thing where it keeps bacteria low Although if you lose it, you can still maintain health. So there's a lot of redundancy. Uh, it does linearize fat though. If you watch what happens to fat in the stomach, it will become like, it doesn't clump up as bad with the acid. So it's almost like a pseudo emulsifier where it linear linearizes those fats to help probably with surface area. And they watch this, the the first guy that studied this, he had a soldier that got shot in the stomach with a shotgun and it blew open his whole stomach. And he had a, like a hole called a fistula in his stomach that never healed. And the whole outer outer area of the skin never healed. So the guy that did a lot of this, would he was a surgeon. He got super excited. He's like, oh, cool. Your stomach is exposed. We're just going to... And so he would add stuff and watch it <laughs> through the hole from the outside, the fistula. It was a crazy idea. You can't do this. In the, it was in the 1800s. You can do this. But all kinds of stuff. He That poor soldier, you know, was, was uh, to his bed until he healed. And this guy just experimented on him. It was a French guy. I forgot his name. St. Bonvier or something. It's pretty funny. Wow. <laughs> um, and carbohydrates, we have to break them down to monosaccharides before they can be reabsorbed. Right? Yeah. But proteins, 
Um, we have some initial, we have like trypsinogen that is activated into trypsin mm -hmm. and some of those other chymotrypsin elastase, those other proteases. Mm -hmm. um, but those just break down proteins into individual amino acids, but also dye and tripeptides, right? Yeah, yeah. And those can then be, those are put into the, was it the, the cells in the small intestine? Yeah, they're called, the cells are called enterocytes. Enterocytes. And you can pick those in the, you have an amino acid uh, sodium transporter for single amino acids. You have unique amino acid transporters. But this is where kind of the exception of that 10 centimeter rule is most of the dye and tripeptides are, are transported in a, after that. So it seems like we want everything as single, single amino acids. Then as we move to the ileum, the next section, um, or the jejunum, we start to do those dye and tripeptides that are left over and get them into the cell. But the only thing we can take across the basal layer in the blood is a single amino acid. Okay. Except for the very few that can go across through M cells, but that's an immune. They're not being absorbed. They're being dumped into the interstitial spaces so the white blood cells can check. But then to get those in the blood, you got to chop them up. So you're only getting single amino acids in the blood. Okay. And speaking of M cells, so this is where we talked about if someone has uh, like a gluten intolerance or is this also like a lactose intolerance? Lactose is not. Nope. This is because lactose is a carbohydrate. So that's caused by non-digestible lactose. Okay. That's causing water gradients and bacterial issues. Gluten is a protein. So that is an immune response where that M cells are bringing in the glidens and the glidens from wheat, dumping them into the interstitial spaces, and the white blood cells are mistaking those for antigens. So they're causing an immune response. That doesn't happen in everybody because I don't have a wheat uh, allergy, thank goodness. But some people, their white blood cells are very susceptible to that. And so then they, they wipe out that epithelial barrier. Now you've got the same problems as lactose because... It, you can't absorb the proteins anymore, so they wash downstream. And anything that doesn't get digested ends up downstream. Water, diarrhea, flatulence, unpleasantries. Okay. Unless you're at scout camp. <laughs> right. Okay. That's more of a show. <laughs> so those white blood cells are kind of like, it's like we're, we're taking samples. Yeah. Like at Costco or Sam's Club, how they used to do. Yeah. And if they don't like it, they kick it on down. They kick it on down. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and then I personally need a little help on LDLs and HDLs. Uh, I understand the process of how, or at least I have in my notes, how lipids are digested and reabsorbed. But what, how do LDLs and HDLs play into that process? Okay, so you, you gotta, you've got to get the fat transported from the small intestine. You've got to get it into the blood. The liver has this kind of unique circulation called the hepatic portal system. It's directly linked to the digestive system. So you can get uh, lipids into the blood, but you have to do it through lymph because the chylomicrons, the initial vesicles, the fat-carrying vesicles, they're too big to get in the blood. Lymph will take anything. So you put it in the lymph, that dumps into the blood, and that gets to the liver because the liver has this, like, you know, highway of venous system stuff from the digestive system and from the lymph. So a chylomicron arrives to the liver, boom, or it can go out in the circulation to like uh, adipose tissue or skeletal muscle, and it drops off some of its fat products. And so it shrinks. So there are these apolipoproteins. What's a better way? Those are like, they're keys. They're um, 
the recognition sequences, these apolipoproteins. You got APO48s and APOB100 and APOC2 and APOA and APOB. There's a bunch of these different, they're all signaling molecules on these vesicles, but they're size specific. So as a, as a chylomicron keeps giving fat to a cell, it shrinks. And some of those apoproteins fall off, which means you don't have that key anymore, so you can't get to certain cells. So to get to the liver, you gotta have APOC2 and an APOB. And if you get there, then the liver can pull off some, so then you keep shrinking. So then you go chylomicron, remnant chylomicron, VLDL, ILDL, LDL. LDL is, the, is that the last shrinking that occurs. And you don't have very many apolipoproteins left because it's so shrunk so much. So you only got like ApoB100. That one's your key to get into most cells, but you can't get to the liver because you've lost ApoC2, which means you stay in the circulation longer. Okay. Meanwhile, the ApoA is, is another one produced by the intestines, and it's collecting cholesterol, and it becomes what's known as your HDL. So it can come in contact with these circulating LDLs, VLDLs, ILDLs, and it steals fat from them as well, helping them to shrink, but also shipping them to the liver. Okay, and we typically kind of give the connotation that LDLs are bad, HDLs are good. LDLs are bad in, in the essence that they don't disappear. They don't they stick around. They, stand, they stick around. And so if you have more than normal of those, but I just, I read some studies. I've got to change this whole writing, and I hate to do this on a podcast, but I just feel guilty otherwise. But it's not so much the LDLs. It's the, it's the actual, the total number of VLDLs, ILDLs, LDLs. It's the total number of those that matter. Because those are the things that are circulating in your blood. And if you have too many of them, they can become oxidized, just like what we talked about with glycosylation with the sugars. In this case, they become oxidized because there's too many of them. And oxidized LDLs uh, get hung up in places. White blood cells got to come clean up that. They get hung up. And now we've got a bulge. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. If you have a bulge in blood, that's a speed bump. So as these blood cells come by, boom, hit that speed bump, they nick it. Now you got clotting cascades. So then you get a clot there, and then bing, nick, and then you got more LDLs, and it's just this constant positive feedback where eventually you grow all the way into that tube and you just you block the whole thing off. If that tube is feeding your heart, which happens a lot because the coronary arteries are under a lot of duress, that blocks that all the blood going to the heart. It's called the Widowmaker. <laughs> Okay, so that's why they're bad. Yeah. No, but somebody else made it call it the widow maker. Okay, last question. Um, so then we, we got into all these different enzymes that are secreted in the stomach and the small intestine, kind of that whole big deal that I'm still trying to work my way through and memorize. Um, but uh, it seems like there's a lot about parietal cells, um, and we talk about cimetidine and omeprazole. Um, and it seems that omeprazole is more effective in that it blocks um, the proton pump of yeah. the parietal cells. And cimetidine seems to block histamine, right? Um, but I guess what, with the parietal cells, 
Um, I mean, is that true? I guess is is um if we were to have someone that were given both of these things, is yeah. the um, omeprazole? Omeprazole is the wonder drug. If the commercials you run with are called the new purple pill, because it worked one dose all day long, because it essentially shut down the hydrogen potassium exchanger. It's a protein. You block it with covalent charge. Then you can't, you have to wait for the cell to make new proton pumps. That takes hours, sometimes a whole day, to make new protein pumps. So meprazole is one dose, one pill, 24-hour relief. Cimetidine is just blocking histamine. Now, the parietal cell is turned on by three things. Gastrin, acetylcholine, and histamine. So if you just block histamine, you still have gastrin and acetylcholine working. So it, you don't block acid production down, you just reduce it. But then you have to keep taking pills because, you know, they run out of their ability to work. But omeprazole, it blocks the hydrogen pump, so it shuts acid down. Way better than like caraphate or Pepto-Bismol. They don't block anything. They're just coating the lining. Or Tums. Tums, they're smart people. They have job security because Tums, you take Tums, buffers the acid. The body responds by making more acid. Got to take more Tums. Buffers the acid. Body responds by making more acid. It's genius! <laughs> so Tums, is, it, they don't... They'll give you a temporarily relief. Cimetidine, same thing. But omeprazole, this is when they discovered, wow, we shut down that proton pump. It, it really actually gave a ton of relief to people as, that are hypersecretors of acid and that have their duodenal ulcers or whatnot. You just shut off acid. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. If I may ask a couple. Yeah. There were some, I think we mentioned ibuprofen. Do we need to know about that and the mucus effect on the stomach? I know. I mean, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not going to ask any questions on there. But Okay. Sounds good. And then you mentioned that large intestine was brought up briefly in class. Uh, going into the final for this this portion, um, is there anything you would direct us to read up on? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask anything on that. Okay. If I if it's in the book, I, I, it's fair game. But I don't even write anything on that. It's just like a blurb. I'm not. I'm not into that. Okay. So the bulk of this exam, diabetes. I mean, you're gonna get pulling with diabetic questions, thyroid, adrenal. That's the, that's the bulk of the endocrine system because I gave I gave a whole day, I devoted a whole day to that. I gave you a day of endocrine like a pituitary hypothalamic, so you know one or two questions there, but the thyroid, the dream gland, diabetes, boom. That's where the bulk of that section will come on. So if you own those, you can guess on the other two. <laughs> and then reproduction stuff, but I'm nicer in the reproductive. And you remember, I mean, half half the reproduction you can take with you to the test. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> well, thank you. I forgot this was being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> They'll love that, I'm sure.